Hello, I'm Matt, and this is Ghostthropology. The show will feature ghost folklore, which includes both well-known stories and small personal encounters, all ultimately unverifiable, but all presented by people as true. I will tell you the story, after which I will discuss the elements of the story that I think are particularly interesting. While I don't know when, where, or how you were listening to this, I hope it's dark outside, as that is the best time for ghost stories. Episode 7, Two of California's Haunted Highways Throughout my adult life, I've spent an untold number of hours driving on the highways of my home state. Though I don't care for being behind the wheel these days, I spend far too much time driving, really. When I was younger and had more free time and fewer responsibilities, I enjoyed the drives. After college, when I was working in the tech industry, I would often occupy my evenings driving on the back roads and winding highways of the Santa Cruz Mountains. When I was in graduate school, I would drive between my place in Santa Barbara and my father's house in Modesto, a route that was mostly rural. The drive took between five and six hours, and I typically did it at night for reasons that seemed to make sense at the time but seem pretty insane to me now. Driving at night, especially in rural areas, I could easily imagine all manner of things that might be waiting just off the road in the darkness past the headlights. Though California is typically thought of as an urban state, most of it is, in truth, made up of agricultural land, forests, grasslands, and oak woodlands. Most of the population, whether you're talking about farmsteads, small towns, or cities, is connected through the many thin roads that run between these areas. The state is geographically enormous, and the travelers on the road are ephemeral. So it is, perhaps, not surprising that people turn this around and project the ephemeral back onto the roads. In this episode, I have tales about two roads, both highways that move through grassy hills, woodlands, smaller towns, and cities, and both are said to be haunted. Highway 152 runs from Watsonville in South Santa Cruz County to Highway 99 at a spot about 30 miles north of Fresno. The stretch of highway is an important route for truckers who transport materials between the San Joaquin Valley and the Monterey Bay area. Books such as Haunted Houses of California by Antoinette May claim that the Pacheco Pass, where the highway crosses the Diablo Mountain Range near the San Luis Reservoir, is a receptacle of negative psychic energy, as attested to by the often aggressive driving and the astounding rates of road rage amongst drivers. As a mountain pass, it would have been a route by which the native coastal people, both Ohlone and Salinan, would have fled to the Central Valley when fleeing the Spanish. Stories abound of violent confrontations between European settlers and local native peoples, though the truth of such conflicts is difficult to verify, and these stories were typically exaggerated in the imaginations of the authors of 19th century dime novels. As time went on, other stories developed which credit the area as a hunting ground for the infamous Californian bandit Joaquin Murrieta and other criminals who would waylay travelers going between the coast and the Central Valley. Why do these stories matter? Well, one persistent feature of many of the ghost stories for this geographic area is the idea that spectral bands of people move through the pass, whether native people or settlers in wagons. Sometimes people claim to see these spirits, and other times the witnesses claim to simply know that they are there. Celebrity psychic Sylvia Brown claims that, while traveling through the pass in 1977, 
she suddenly found herself looking through the eyes of a little girl in a covered wagon that was under attack. And, well, for a lot of reasons outside the scope of this episode, I don't really give much credence to anything Sylvia Brown says, so let's move past that and simply note that it is one of the many stories of the Pacheco Pass. A more common story regarding the area is much simpler. Many travelers describe having strong and negative emotional reactions to simply traveling through the area. Sometimes this is anger, but more often it is fear, sometimes to the point of a deep and numbing dread. Antoinette May claimed that she felt a strong sense of fear as she drove through the pass, and while the fear left as soon as she got to the San Joaquin Valley, it was followed by a feeling of depression that lasted for several days afterwards. Other stories have also been attached to this location. One, a curious variation on the Phantom Hitchhiker story, holds that a young woman will approach trekkers who have stopped at Casa de Fruta, a rest stop and fruit store along the route. She asks them for a ride. If the trucker agrees, the young woman will walk to the passenger door of the truck, and then she vanishes before she can climb in. Witnesses also routinely report seeing people in clothing appropriate to the 19th century appear along the road, and also seeing stagecoaches driving alongside the road. Also near Casa de Fruta, there are stories going back at least a few decades of a man in a black robe who can sometimes be seen standing along the side of the road. He never seems to do anything but watch vehicles pass but he is said to be an unnerving sight. Some claim that he is a Franciscan monk from one of the missions or from an estancia, an estancia being an outpost of the missions. But the Franciscans wore brown. It was the Jesuits who had been banned by the Spanish government from settling California who wore black. A variation of the old and very common woman in white story, in which a jilted bride or newly widowed woman pines until only her ghost is left, is also connected to this highway. It is said that a woman lost her fiancé in a deadly collision near Highway 156, a branch of the main highway that passes Mission San Juan Batista. According to the legend, she donned her wedding dress, climbed up a rock tower, and then jumped off to her death. Her spirit is said to still be visible standing on the outcrop on dark nights. Another, much more frightening, woman in white is said to haunt Hecker Pass, which crosses the mountains near the western end of Highway 152, though this version is far more malevolent. According to the tales that I have found, a number of disappearances have been reported in the vicinity beginning in the 19th century. The woman appears to drivers, or even more unlucky, sometimes pedestrians, proceeding through Hecker Pass at night, standing on or near the road, clad in a frilly white dress, and her face covered in blood. Some witnesses claim to have seen fangs in her mouth, rather like a vampire. One of the sources I consulted indicated that a man who had built a cabin in the area in the 1870s wrote about encountering her. She would appear near him without warning, whispering into his ear. He was afraid of her, believing her to be a spirit of some sort. One day he simply vanished, and the journal in which he had recorded his observations of her just ended. Was he done in by the white woman, or did some other mundane fate take him? We simply don't know. The spirit of another woman is said to be visible on the side of Highway 152, calling for help looking for her lost child. Naturally, as soon as someone stops to help, the woman vanishes. Yet another story speaks of a headless man who appears on the side of the road near the highway, allegedly the victim of a car wreck that left him decapitated. But with all of that being said, there is one particular story that has always stuck in my memory, and if I have a favorite California ghost story, this would be it. As the story goes, several decades back, a young woman was hitchhiking along the road and was picked up by a trucker. The trucker killed her. The details of how, and even whether it was a murder or an accident, change from telling to telling. In some versions of the story, she dies when the truck crashes or drives off the road. In others, the trucker murders her for the thrill of it. One variation holds simply that she was walking alongside the road and a truck hit her. 
Regardless of the manner of her death, the stories maintain that the ghost of this young woman appears in one of two ways. The first is that a phantom truck will be sighted driving down the road with her sitting in the passenger seat, screaming. While certainly unnerving, this is not the version that gives me goosebumps. The version that I prefer is as follows. If you are driving Highway 152 at night and you are alone in your car, you may witness something truly unnerving as you move through the pass near the reservoir. A young woman may suddenly appear in your passenger seat, screaming in fear. She will then vanish as quickly and inexplicably as she appeared, leaving an eerie silence in her wake. One final bit of weirdness for Highway 152. The website Weird Fresno tells of something that I had not read of elsewhere. According to that site, people sometimes report seeing strange half-human, half-bird creatures standing in the middle of the highway. I don't know what to make of that, but it sounds pretty odd. Commentary The Pacheco Pass is a natural feature that's long served as a travel corridor between the coast and the Central Valley of California. The Central Valley is one of the world's largest valleys and hosts an abundance of natural resources. While the date of the earliest use of the route is lost to time, given that archaeological sites and artifacts dating as far back as the early Holocene are found in both the coast and the valley, I'd be more than a little surprised if it hasn't been used since shortly after humans first arrived in California. So, for at least the last 12,000 years, if not a bit longer. European use of the past first probably began in the early 19th century with Spanish explorers and soldiers. It was used from the 1820s onwards by both Europeans heading into the interior of California and by native Californians who used it as an approach route to the ranchos and missions for raiding horses and cattle. Given that violent conflict often occurred between European settlers and native Californians, it's easy to imagine that many conflicts took place along this route though I suspect that many of the stories of such conflict that you will find online are shaped more by 19th century popular culture than by actual historic facts. The route was not fit for wagons or other larger traffic until Andre Firebaugh, after whom the nearby community of Firebaugh is named, built a wagon road in the 1850s, and it is from this road that the later roads, and eventually Highway 152, would spring. Most of the people who claim that the location is seeped in negative energy cite frequent bouts of road rage and even occasional fistfights at the side of the road as evidence. Frankly, as someone who's driven through the Pacheco Pass more times than I can count, I'd crack it all up to the fact that the highway has a winding route that is characterized by steep slopes, making it difficult to maintain a steady speed. Add to that the fact that cargo vehicles must travel far more cautiously through this route, further disrupting the flow of traffic, and you have a recipe for a nerve-wracking drive. Collisions are not at all uncommon, and the road has a reputation for fatalities even with many of the improvements that have been made in recent decades. I've known a few police officers who simply refer to it as Blood Alley. I would hate to think what it was like to drive back before the 1990s. The sheer hectic adrenaline of it all is enough to trigger unpleasant responses in many drivers. You don't need to resort to the supernatural to explain the frayed nerves and irritation. And, honestly, many of the stories... From the woman possibly struck by a truck to the headless man who is the victim of an accident seem like cautionary tales about a very dangerous highway. The sense of dread could likewise be easily explained by the often difficult driving conditions due to bad weather. I've been afraid on this road more than once, and I can tell you, my anxiety is due to the difficult task of navigating that route when the road is wet and other drivers are aggressive. The majority of the ghost sightings seem to be consistent with the history of the area. 
It has long been used as a transportation route, so was it any surprise that many of the ghosts, the phantom not-quite-hitchhiker, the spectral settlers, and the native people all seem to be trying to get somewhere or away from somewhere? Even the headless man and the ghost of one of the women in white are tied to the use of the road, though both also conform to ghost types widely reported in folklore. The other woman in white, the one near Hecker Pass, the more frightening one, is a bit more of an oddity, being something of a cross between a ghost story and a vampire story, and her connection to travel is unclear, if one exists at all. The Birdman hybrids reported by Strange Fresno do seem to be unique to this location, though I've only found them at Weird Fresno and nowhere else, so I don't have much to go on. I am curious about them, but the actual details are lacking. That said, both the vampiric woman in white and the Birdman hybrids may be tied to La Lechuza, a creature of Mexican folklore. She is a bruja, or witch, who is said to have sold her soul to the devil in exchange for magical powers. She can transform into a giant owl and likes to hunt by either imitating a baby's voice or whistling outside your window. Either way, as soon as you go out to find out what's going on, she attacks. According to some tales, she is also known to run cars off the road in order to devour the occupants. So, maybe she is associated with transportation after all. But what of my favorite story? The version of the woman who was killed by the trucker in which she appears in your car. I cannot nail down when that version of the story first appears. I heard it from folks I knew in the coastal town of Santa Cruz in the 1990s, and the books that I've read from the 70s and 80s don't mention it. This version of the story doesn't seem to have much of a presence online, so where did it come from? It seems to be a kind of odd variation of the vanishing hitchhiker urban legend documented by Jan Harold Brunvard. Typically in these stories, a young woman is seen on the side of the road and is picked up by a driver who takes her home, only to find that she has vanished during the drive. Typically, the driver talks to whoever lives in the house to which he's taken the uh, now-vanished woman and finds that the woman matches the description of a deceased family member. The story of the screaming woman has elements of this, but without the voluntary cooperation of the driver and without the coda of meeting a family member of the deceased individual. In a sense, it is the middle portion of the story, while another story attributed to Casa de Fruta of the young woman asking for a ride and vanishing before she gets into the truck is the beginning of the same story. None of the stories attributed to Highway 152 seem to feature the end, where the driver reaches the home of the deceased. This lack of a destination makes Highway 152 more important to the story than the location is to most vanishing hitchhiker stories. It is all contained here, and there is no origin or destination, just the horror of Highway 152. One other vanishing hitchhiker story out of Chicago similarly places importance on the location, but for most, the location is simply where it happens. It's not much of a character in of itself. So Highway 152 is somewhat unique. The story of the Screaming Woman is also curious in that it seems to always creep people out but good when I tell it. Even though the ghost doesn't appear to do anything malicious, it just appears, makes noise, and vanishes. The fact that the ghost seems to simply be in torment, and that it appears when we should be in a safe place but are in fact vulnerable, you know, controlling a 1,000 pound or more piece of metal hurtling down a road at a high speed, seems to add to the creep factor. The version of the story in which the woman is seen screaming inside of a phantom truck seems to be a variation on a common ghost car or ghost wagon theme present in many stories found throughout the U.S. In fact, I'll discuss another one later in this episode. This version also seems to be less frightening, due, no doubt, to the fact that it involves the witness simply seeing something, rather than having an unexplainable force appear in their safety zone. Enough about Highway 152. 
Let's head south and talk about one of the main routes through Santa Barbara County's Santa Inez Valley, Highway 246. The stretch of Highway 246 that runs between the towns of Bilton and Santa Inez is said to be the stomping grounds of a few odd apparitions. The first is a ghostly horse-drawn carriage. See, told you we'd get back to the phantom carriage or phantom car. Often said to be a hearse driven by a man in a tall black hat that traverses the road late at night. The hearse, and in some modern retellings it is updated to an automobile, continues down the road headed to the west, unimpeded by any physical object that blocks its way. Some people say that the vehicle is carrying the souls of the recently dead to the afterlife, and some locals have interpreted the hearse as being part of the San Inez Chumash belief that the spirits of the dead must travel westward in order to reach Point Conception, the gateway to the afterlife. A more sinister version of the tale holds that the hearse is bearing the souls of the damned to hell. The second story concerns a black spectral dog that people have reported running along the road at night. Though nobody claims to have been attacked by it, it is said to be a terrifying sight to behold. It is often claimed to not be a ghost, but rather a demon wandering the road looking to do harm. Interestingly, the third story concerns the ghost of a young boy that is said to appear on the side of the road. He seems to be lost and frightened, but will accept a ride from any motorist kind enough to stop for him. When the driver reaches the place that the boy asks to be dropped off, he has simply vanished. It is said that the spirit is the ghost of a young boy who was killed in a car accident while his mother was driving. The mother survived, but the boy was dead at the scene and now wanders the highway trying to get home. Commentary The ghost stories of Highway 246 are interesting for a few reasons. The first, related to the story of the ghostly hearse, is the desire to connect the ghost stories to beliefs of the native people of the area. As regular listeners will know, this is something of a theme in North American ghost stories. The popular view of Chumash folklore in the Santa Barbara area holds that Point Conception was thought to be the gateway to the afterlife. But when I've spoken with people knowledgeable about the ethnographic record of the area, it comes out that the Chumash view of how one reaches the afterlife may not be so clear-cut. There was no centralized church that kept the religious canon in order, and so it's entirely possible that some people did think there was a physical gateway, while others did not, and the precise location may have varied by the person telling the ethnographers about it. That said, Point Conception is pointed to often enough and does have enough of an importance to many of the local Chumash people that it's not unreasonable to point to it as a significant place in Chumash ethnography. That said, rather than being a Native American story, the ghostly hearse is a relatively common motif in European ghost stories, and so this is likely an old campfire story that's been adapted to a California setting and later had a veneer of faux antiquity added by the reference to Native Chumash religion. Similarly, the ghostly dog known as the Black Dog or Black Shuck is common in British folklore, and interestingly, as worth noting, served as the inspiration for the Sherlock Holmes novel The Hound of the Baskervilles, as well as the Grimm in the Harry Potter novels. And it is also likely a transplant. Demonic black dogs show up in medieval and renaissance stories and remain a popular aspect of many European haunted outdoor spots to this day. The connection between these dogs and demonic forces may be tied into an earlier pre-Christian folklore, likely Germanic, and are possibly connected to the concept of the wild hunt, in which spirits and demons would wander the country searching for prey, though little of that baggage seems to be present in this black dog story. The vanishing hitchhiker story is interesting because... Unlike the fragmented version on Highway 152, this one has all of the common elements. A strange, vulnerable, frightened person who accepts a ride and then vanishes when you get them to their destination, etc., etc. But it changes the age and the gender of the hitchhiker. These stories are normally about young women, between the ages of 16 and 25, and not pre-adolescent children. 
This change has an interesting effect. While one might feel sorry for the young women who were doomed to hitchhike for the rest of all time, the stories nonetheless remain pretty creepy. Plus, the young ghostly woman is not the main character in her own story. Instead, the narrative follows the unfortunate driver who becomes aware of the mystery and then must live with the memory and the experience. The driver has our sympathy more than the ghost. The young ghost boy, though, is simply a sad and lonely character, with very little creep factor to him. The thought of a young boy wandering for eternity looking for his mother, not understanding that she is long dead and unable to find his way home is a much more tragic tale. The change of gender and age changes the story from creepy with a tinge of sadness to just plain depressing. I hope that these stories give you something to think about the next time you drive a lonely road. And if you happen to be driving either Highway 152 or 246 some night, perhaps you'll want to replay this episode. Or maybe not. Thank you for joining me. If you have heard a weird tale, have had a strange experience of your own, or know of a bit of local lore that should get a wider audience, please feel free to contact me at ghostthropology at gmail.com. That's G-H-O-S-T-H-R-O-P-O-L-O-G-Y at gmail.com. Also, please visit the Ghostthropology blog for transcripts, show notes, and more information at kmmamedia.com. That's kmmamedia.com. Until next time, have a wonderfully spooky night. Spooky!